0: Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. This week, we're going to be looking at Soul by Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, and Kemp Powers. And Soul is such a fascinating movie to look at, especially if we think of it in terms of the whole Pixar library. Because the truth is, Pete Doctor's already made this film. Pete Doctor many years ago, made a film called up. And if you've seen up, you realize that up is an exploration of the exact same theme through a different plot. It's the same structure with a different plot. And here's the way it works. So what's the theme? The theme that Pete Doctor is still hammering away at in his movies. Is this idea that by getting attached to our life's purpose, we become lost souls, right? By becoming so self centeredly obsessed with what we're supposed to be doing that we actually end up missing life. In Up, The way that that problem gets created is through a man who is madly in love with his wife. She dies young, and he spends the rest of his life trying to preserve her memory, uh, trying to get to this place called Paradise Falls, which he believes is his destiny. And in Pixar magical uh, format way, he flies his house to uh, Paradise Falls using balloons um, and ends up on the wrong side of the falls. Uh, Not only that, but he has a stowaway passenger that he was really hoping not to bring along on the journey, this little kid uh, named Russell, who is uh, desperate for a father. And what's really interesting about that character, there's a beautiful 10 minutes of silent filmmaking at the beginning of Up that is pretty much a perfect short film. It will make you cry. And what really happens to that film is that um, Carl meets Ellie, his, the love of his life, and they dream of having a child together. And she can't have the child and they build a life together and they get consumed by the normal life obstacles and they never make it to Paradise Falls before she dies. And so secretly, this man desperately wants a child, right? And what happens is he gets obsessed with the idea of his destiny, Ellie, the things from their past, the things that they're supposed to have. And the house becomes a visual metaphor. It's literally tethered to him. And he is literally dragging his house to Paradise Falls. It's like the albatross around his neck and missing the thing that's right in front of him, which is this little boy who can become the son that he always wished for, that he always wanted. Uh, So that's the structure in Up, and by the end of Up, Carl has let go of the house and realized that in his life with Ellie, the real adventure, the things that mattered most, were not the big things that they dreamed of, but the little everyday things. And like many writers, having made an absolutely perfect movie, Pete Docter is still not done with that theme. Um, and this is something that happens to all of us, right? We we have these themes and some themes we'll work out over the course of a single script and other themes we have to look at from one angle after another, after another, after another, right? And it makes sense, it makes sense, right? Because. Pete Doctor is one of the great producer, director, writers in history, right? He's behind some of the greatest Pixar films, always in collaboration with other brilliant artists like Kent Powers and Mike Jones on this piece. But being that big head honcho and making those big things and doing these great things, it's only natural to feel pressure between like who you're supposed to be and who you have the talent to be and those everyday things that give life meaning. And so when we get to Seoul, we find another character who has the exact same problem, which is feeling like he is cut off from his destiny. Um, In this case, the main character is Joe. Uh, Joe is a um, a high school band teacher. Um, And Joe's dream is to play jazz. All he wants to do is be a professional jazz musician. And like so many of us, right? If you're a screenwriter, if you're an artist of any form, you've probably had those people in your life who both love you and also don't really get what you're doing. And Joe has a mom like that. She loves him. But she doesn't get what he's doing. She doesn't understand why he doesn't just want to take the full-time job as the high school band teacher and have security and safety and money, right? She doesn't understand what's driving her son. And so Joe is this man pursuing a destiny, feeling like there's no one on his side. There have been a million doors slammed. He's never gotten his break. And then the break comes. In Up, The break is a bad thing. It's Ellie's death. For Joe, it's a good thing. Joe gets the gig of his lifetime. He's going to get to play with Dorothea Williams, his jazz hero. And during his audition, he does exactly what he's telling his students is totally okay, which is he gets lost in the jazz. He gets transported. And so this is the beginning of his Journey. So in both Up and Soul, it is a childhood experience that gives the character the sense of their life's purpose. In Up, it's Carl's idolization of his hero who went to Paradise Falls, and it's as a little boy meeting the love of his life and believing that they have a destiny together. In Soul, It's a moment that happened between Joe and his father when Joe experienced jazz for the first time and realized that this was his destiny, this was what he needed to do for the rest of his life. So both of these characters start off on on a journey that starts in their childhood. Uh, And both of these characters find themselves in later age feeling like they missed out on that great destiny they imagined for themselves. For Joe, he feels like he somehow become a high school band teacher instead of a jazz legend. Um, Just like Carl has somehow lost his wife, never had a child, ended up an old man. Uh, And now they are threatening to take Carl away to a nursing home, they wanna take his home. That's what leads him on his journey to finally achieve his destiny and go to Paradise Falls. So for Carl, it's an obstacle. It's a stick, right? That, that pushes him through the door of pursuing what he believes is his destiny. For Joe, it's a carrot. The carrot is Joe finally gets the gig of his lifetime he is gonna play with dorothea williams one of his idols and where does it come from it comes from a student who was moved by joe who was inspired by joe and now joe's getting his shot and Like so many of us, Joe has a mom who doesn't really get him, right? Like so many writers, right? A mom who wants to protect him and doesn't really understand what he's doing. So he's on a journey where he feels alone, but he knows what his destiny is. So Joe, Joe goes to his audition and he plays, and just as he instructed his student, he gets lost in the music, he gets transported, and Dorothea Williams sees that talent, sees that spark, understands his destiny, and yes, he gets the gig. You can see one character is getting moved by a carrot, Dorothea Williams, the other characters being moved by a stick, but both the concept is inciting incident. Both are now Pursuing what they believe their destiny is. Get to Paradise Falls, become a jazz musician, and then an obstacle happens What's the obstacle? Well in Joe's case, and there's a slight tiny spoiler ahead, but it's ten minutes into the movie. In Joe's case the spoiler is he's so excited that he doesn't pay attention, falls into an open manhole cover and dies. And Joe's soul is transported to heaven, uh, or at least to Pixar's version of the afterlife, which is a giant elevator leading into what looks like a dark sun into it. Bzz, the souls disappear and It's a gorgeous vision of the afterlife, it's gorgeous animation, it's It's a a type of animation that, that quite frankly, Pixar wasn't doing back when they made up, right? It's a kind of animation most likely inspired by some of the work that was done on The Amazing Spider Man or in the later seasons of Bojack Horseman, playing with two dimensionality and three dimensionality and mashups of different kinds of animation that we don't usually see from big Hollywood studios. So it's a growth of the craft of the artists, right? Not just of the art, right? not just a deeper thematic exploration of the same idea, it's also coming back to that same idea with different craft and different influences and a different point of view. So in this case, Joe doesn't want to into the great beyond. Joe wants to get home to fulfill his destiny. His destiny is not to bzzz. it's not to disappear He is meant for something great and he is not gonna lose his opportunity. So Joe, just like Carl, refuses, refuses to be taken away. You can see it's the exact same journey, right? It's actually the same structure with different plot. Carl refuses to be taken away in his home so he sails off to Paradise Falls. Joe dives off of the escalator to heaven and he passes through some of the most awesome animation ever and lands in a place called the Great Before, now rebranded as the You Seminar, where he becomes a mentor to little baby souls. Um, and there's something very interesting, right? You see it's the same journey, right? It's a, it's a journey to a great beyond where the character is going to get another chance to pursue the destiny that they feel that they missed. So he goes to the youth seminar and the teacher becomes a mentor for a little child. You can see it's the same structure with different plot. Okay, in this case, the child is 22 who has been living in the great before forever because twenty two just doesn't want to go to Earth. Um, twenty two thinks that life is a big waste of time. Twenty two cannot find her purpose. So she is a dialectical opposite of Jump. Now, there are a bunch of little details that don't totally make sense. What happened to the guy who's supposed to be 22's mentor? How do they mistake him, right? How does all that happen? And you notice that Pixar doesn't deal with that at all. Why? Because when you're writing, the goal is to always navigate towards the fun. Sure, if you can shore up your little plot holes, you should, but remember, writing is much more about theme than it is about plot, right? It's not about all the details of how it happens. It's about what does the character want and what's the journey in relation to the theme. So this is the plan, right? This is Joe's version of Paradise Falls, is get back for the 6.30 concert. Um. In order to do that, they meet up with moon wind in this magical liminal space that gets created, right? And it's an interesting space, right? Because it's inhabited by two different kinds of beings. It's inhabited by artists who are lost in the music, right? Um, by people who are doing their life's purpose and in the flow and transcending. But it's also inhabited by lost souls, right, by these dark creatures who are subsumed and consumed by their obsession and are turned into these scary, angry creatures. Um, And Moonwinds life's purpose is to travel around rescuing those lost souls and bringing them back to finding their spark. And so there's a really interesting argument that's happening here. And this is where the structure of up and the structure of soul start to diverge. In up, it's about dragging that house, right? It's the same idea. It's not knowing that you're a lost soul right thinking you're living your life purpose but getting so obsessed that you end up becoming a lost soul in in soul the idea of the transcendent and the lost soul being different sides of the same coin gets actually physicalized in this liminal space where we actually see both sides, right? The artist transcendence that we all long for when we are in the flow and that lost soul feeling that, quite frankly, if you're a screenwriter, you've probably had that feeling as well, right? That feeling we get when the ego gets involved, then we start to think that we need to be the great writer, when we start to think that this is the only thing that matters, and when we start to lose all of the beauty that actually makes art worthwhile that actually allows us to feel that transcendence so it gets created in that liminal space and without giving you all the plot of soul coming back to the big structure here's what's gonna happen we are a smart audience so we're already anticipating having seen Joe be a great mentor to his students and the band, having seen Joe be a surprisingly great mentor to 22, we're already anticipating what we think the ending is going to be, right? We think the ending is going to be that Joe's going to realize his real calling is not to be a jazz musician, but to be a teacher. Kind of in the way that Carl realizes his great journey is not to get his house to Paradise Falls, but to pin a soda pop pin onto a little boy and become a father to a kid who needs him. We're telling ourselves the story of this is what's going to happen. And it's great when the audience starts to tell themselves a story. But you also want to make sure that you surprise them. And this is what is so beautiful about soul is Joe's ultimate journey is not the one that we expect. What happens uh, through a bunch of plot that, that we will get into in the podcast, um, 22 ends up in Joe's body and ends up experiencing all these wonderful things about life, like eating pizza, right? These little tiny, normal living things, going for a walk, right? That make life meaningful. And she thinks that that's her spark, right? That she's finally found her spark, which is just like these simple living things. And Joe, being the mentor, actually trying to do the right thing and look out for her, says, no, that's not a spark, right? That's not a passion. And it's such a powerful scene um, because what ends up happening is 22 ends up turning into a lost soul, not because of the advice of a bad mentor, this is not whiplash, but because of the advice of a misguided one. And, And I think this is so important if you're a screenwriter because it's so important who you take advice from, and it's important to remember that the mentors in your life, even the great mentors, right? They, we have our own problems and our own misperceptions and our own problems in our world view. And what happens is when the mentor's ego gets involved in the mentorship, when it becomes about the mentor's answer rather than about the mentee's questions, right? Rather than about the mentee's instincts, right? Um, often, a great mentor can actually push a brilliant artist in the wrong direction and and so to relate this to your own screenwriting and to any art that you're doing and to any feedback that you're getting, how do you know if you're getting good feedback and let's I don't want to. I'm not coming down on Joe the character. Joe's an amazing mentor who takes a, a a total cynic who doesn't even believe that life can possibly have a purpose. A dialectical opposite to him who believes he knows exactly what his purpose is, and he brings her ninety six percent of the way there. But his misperception about what purpose means ends up nearly destroying her. And the simple mistake he makes is that rather than trusting her instincts, he tries to impose his own. And so when it comes to mentorship, this is the one question you can ask yourself to know if you have, you're getting good mentorship, to know if you're getting feedback that's gonna be really valuable. Is the person telling you what to do? Or is the person helping you to connect to your own instincts and to build upon the things that matter to you? Is the person telling you this is the formula that you should be following? This is what it looks like. Or is the person talking to you about what are you connected to? What are you enjoying? And how do you build on that? So to bring this back to soul, poor little baby 22 comes this close to finding her life purpose, only to decide that her life purpose isn't good enough. Because she's being mentored by a person who is so focused on his one idea that he doesn't even realize that he's missing out on all the great things in life. And all of this is handled so subtly. It's not like Up with the big adventure book where you realize what the real adventure is at the end. It's handled so subtly through little things like some girl named Lisa who he never called. Right? Like his lack of full investment in in just being a band leader, in the Buddhist sense of just him not being in the now and always being in the future. Um, but we reach this incredible place where both 22 and Joe reach this realization at the same time that his spark was not being a jazz musician and was not mentorship that his spark was actually just enjoying all these little things in life that make life special and that his gifts his wonderful gifts as both an artist and as a mentor right were actually simply means to that end Um, and i think this is an incredible film but more importantly it's an incredible lesson for every artist, right? It's such an important lesson because all of us have our egos caught up in our art. And all of us are dependent on feedback from people who also have their egos caught up in their art. And there is such a struggle and such a feeling of calling and so many doubts of are we really meant to do this? And if you, as an artist, can bring yourself back again and again to the simple enjoyment of the process, well, you're going to spend a lot more time in that transcendent place. And you're going to protect yourself from allowing your art to turn into that albatross around your neck, whether it is a house that is tied to you and weighing you down and obscuring you from the path that you need to take or whether it is the sand of creative blocks that surround us when we can't see outside of what we believe our destiny is. Uh, for so many writers, just like Pete Doctor, we go on a journey and we write a movie that we feel is beautiful and that other people are moved by, and we're just not done with that theme. And and the part of the beauty in being an artist is realizing that art is not a place you arrive. It's a journey that you go on, and, and it's an endless journey and the gap between the movie in your mind that you wish to tell and the one that you're able to get onto the page. There is always gonna be a gap there. There's always going to be a gap there. Even if you attack the same theme in 70 different ways with 70 different movies, there will always be a gap between what you are physically capable of saying at this moment with your level of art and craft and that perfect version of it that exists in your mind. Just like there will always be a gap between Joe's vision of himself as an artist and that perfect vision in his mind or Carl's vision of himself at Paradise Falls and what's actually happening in his life. And The real joy of being an artist is recognizing that that's not a bad thing. That in fact if you ever arrived and ever really were a master of your craft, life would be incredibly boring. If this was ever easy, it wouldn't be worth doing. That it's actually recognizing the joy of the process, the joy of wondering, all these little discoveries you make along the way. Attacking away at the same problem, developing your craft, attacking the same thing in a different way until you understand it just a little better. This is what makes us artists, and this is what gives our work so much meaning. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you are getting a lot out of this, which I hope you are, please help us out. Write us a review, subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or whichever streaming service you use. Spread the word to your friends. And if you'd like to join me live, come join me every Thursday night for our Thursday Night Write, our newly rebranded Thursday Night Writes that used to be called Quarantinis. Um, That's every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We do an hour of deep writing discussion, special guests, exercises, feedback, pitching. It's a tremendously fun event. It's totally free. And you can find that at WriteYourScreenplay.com.